Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Ah, there's nothing funkier than the hellscape of love. Welcome to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs, episode 143. I am your host, Mark Blankenship, and with me is your other host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, Sarah. Hello. Now, Sarah, we today are going to be discussing a song that you brought to the table. So can you tell us what you've chosen and why? I can. Um, Well, I can tell you what I've chosen. Why is a little murky? Uh, We are discussing Katie Lang's cover of Hallelujah. Um, Longtime listeners of this podcast and various of my other podcasts and online writings know that I am consistently frustrated by the misuse of the song Hallelujah (laughs) in montages because it does usually seem to be slotted um, as a like ruefully victorious like toned song which is not what it is like it's clear that um they only saw the title got the rights to it or had some you know what we used to call an up-and-coming ovary singing it like on dawson's creek and you're like that's this is not what this song means this is not a song about relief this is not a song about homecoming this is not a happy song hello it is not a song that a 16 year old dreadlocked white boy really has the depth to understand when he performs it on american idol jason Um, castro i'm perpetually looking at you god although i really loved his uh over the rainbow (laughs) i I will always stick up for poor jason castro who's uh over the rainbow is very cute um but yeah don't don't be stepping to hallelujah however katie lang's version of it um i first heard it because it's on that um yes hymns of the 49th parallel it was called um, a wonderful album i really love that whole album but this just stopped me cold i think i was going through um i was going through a breakup at the time and this really spoke to me and this was really my like great awakening about how this song is um, misappropriated. Um, But her rendition of it is just amazing and definitive, I feel. Uh, So let's hear a clip and then we can talk more about it. Well, your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, her beauty in the moonlight. She tied you to her kitchen chair She broke your throne and cut your hair And from your lips she drew Hallelujah 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 I think the beauty of Katie Lang's voice is not sufficiently understood and appreciated, uh, but certainly it is on full display in this song. What a perfect narrator for this song. 
Um, we were talking uh, in a recent episode about not only a song that was five minutes long, but di- had no fat on it, um, but also successfully conveying how much of um, grief and loss can be about anger and resentment of the lost or or dead one. Mm. Uh, and I think that Lang does such an amazing job of of conveying that um, there's a line earlier in the song um, before she's really in full um, whale, I would say um, you don't really care for music. Do you like the Just the way she puts it is just like, she's so tired, but not so tired that she can't still be a little bitter, but also sad. And also a part of her still loves this, this one that is lost. Um, and, that I don't want to use a word as like happy and soft service swirl, but it it really is um, this swirl of different emotions that all together make up um, grief, uh, just profound dark blue grief. But then also this song is beautiful, like aurally beautiful. It is it is a hymn, and. Um, I can't believe we never talked about her before or any iteration of the song, but we're rectifying that uh, now. And as a matter of fact, I don't think they ever used it, but the show Rectify would have used this correctly and would have put it over some lens flary montage that would have had me sobbing because that's what this song does. And I think that that's okay. It is meat, as they as they used to say in old England. Mark. Yeah, where to begin? Uh, I will start <laughs> by saying that I once, not long after this album was released, saw Katie Lang and Lyle Lovett performing together at Radio City Music Hall. Oh my gosh. And it was one of the greatest concerts I've ever attended. And I was with my friend, Alan. And when Katie Lang sang a song from Hymns of the 49th Parallel called The Valley, mm which I don't know if you remember that song, Sarah, but it features this part at the end where she's singing, and you will walk. Mm -hmm. Alan and I both cried. Her voice is so incredibly beautiful, and she sings with what seems to be such ease that it feels like a fucking gift to just be in the presence of her art artistry. I, I think that you're so right that her voice has not received the encomiums it deserves. I mean, we should all be thinking about her all the time in any conversation Mm -hmm. about the best singers that popular music has ever produced. I I think that she has the interpretive ability to make you understand the emotion of almost anything she sings. It doesn't always have to be sad. She can sing happy songs with exceptional clarity as well. There's a song that she sings called Miss Chatelaine, which was the inspiration for the title of us of our beloved Melbourne radio show uh Chatelaine on Joy FM hosted by Katie Purvis who has had me on as a guest and who may be listening to this right now we love you Katie we love your show we love Katie Lang singing Miss Chatelaine because she can also knock out a, an up tempo with no problem but i think that she is uniquely possessed of the interpretive ability to plumb the heartbreaking depths of this song that you have already, I think, quite beautifully described. Because you're right that 
a line like, you don't really care for music, do you? It's not, you don't really care for music, do you? Because Leonard Cohen is not an accidental lyricist. Do ya mm-hmm. rhymes with hallelujah. And it is the casual, offhanded slanginess of do ya, which has so much world weariness in it because it's so obvious and familiar that you're talking to someone who is kind of dead inside or whatever it is. But the, so when you hear singers who I think they so often do over enunciate, do you, mm. they've missed something. But Katie Lang gets it. She gets that the familiarity of the person you're that you have with the person you're singing this song to is one of the things that makes you so tired and bitter, but also weirdly in love with them. And it's like, Knowing someone's awfulness and having been so bruised with them sometimes feels like love. And sometimes Mm, you think, well, shit, we've made it through all of this and we're still here. I'm exhausted by you, but I love you. And I've given up too much to turn back now. And it goes to the line in this song. Love is not a victory march. It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah. And I think that that is the same type of thing you can only get to with extreme familiarity. It's kind of like how in who's afraid of Virginia Wolf, George and Martha end that play after having fought and fought and fought like jackals caring for each other. And there's just a certain type of love toxic as it may be that emerges from the ash pile that you leave when you burn each other down all the time. And Katie Lang has the capacity as a singer to evoke all of that without making it once seem like that she is straining to show it to us. It's like she just innately is the quality of whatever she's singing, and it's just captivating. And I am fortunate enough to have known a lot of love in my life that does not feel this way, but I've known just enough of love that feels this way to feel like that this rendition of this song is telling me the capital T truth. Yeah, there. I mean, we talk a lot about um, pop songs that create that world of two, mm, mm-hmm. um, but usually it's in a positive way. This one is evoking the world of two in which the greatest intimacy is like hurting each other. And that in the midst of this separation, the only other person that understands how you feel is the person who made you feel this shitty. Yes. Um, but the do ya is a shortcut for that intimacy. And, it, you know, the way she delivers, like, oh, right, you don't really care about music, do you? Like, just one of those things that's like, this is one of those things that only people close to you know um, that when everything is going well, it's like a cute quirk. And when everything's gone to shit, it sort of symbolizes everything that was wrong. Um, I also wanted to note that I think that there are some artists for whom what like the press decided was their brand has obscured how good of singers they are. Yeah. Um, And like to be specific, I think that she and Tracy Chapman both may suffer from a certain uh, underrating Mm. vocally because of what what is perceived to be their brand as gay women. I don't mm. know. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I just feel like we don't... I feel like plenty of people talk about 
Katie Lang as an inspiration and as a good songwriter and a good performer. And I don't think that just her vocal like translation gift is given enough credit. And I would say the same about Tracy Chapman, actually. Yeah, I would too. But no one's talking about the instrument. And they damn well should be. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you heard an album that Katie Lang released a couple of years ago. I think it was maybe in 2016 with two other women, uh, Nico Case and Laura Veers. And it's an album in which they sometimes were singing as a trio, but then they all have individual songs. And Katie Lang has on that album a song called Honey and Smoke that is the single greatest jazz vocal that I feel like I have heard in years. We were talking about Amy Mann singing Momentum a few episodes ago in a club with a beret with a veil. It's exactly Mm -hmm. this song. But again, Katie Lang, the reason I bring it up, sounds as amazing on that song as she sounds on songs that she recorded in the 80s, like her version of Crying with Roy Orbison. Like She has not lost a jot of her skill. And that is something that also speaks to the quality of her instrument. Um, Mm. And yeah, KD, girl, I'm here for you. I'm living for it every day. One of these days, perhaps, we'll rank every song on the Ingenue album because I Mm. could go in on just the weird specificity of the songwriting in that collection. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she has a song on that album where she's talking about how much she talks to herself and then she starts to talk to herself in the song where she talks about talking to herself. It's really great and good. Um, yeah. yeah. I One of the things that I have always loved uh, about her is that she, she is, um, she's like perfectly herself at all times, even if that self is not the same all the time. Right. Ooh, yeah. And it's not, I mean, that's really hard even for just like, cishet mainstream people to feel and be and for her coming on the scene in the late 80s and being like well this is me and please don't use capitals and i'm gay deal with it or don't i'm gonna write some songs i mean you know not ever not all heroes wear capes so but you know get her one and the Another thing along those lines that I will add is if you have ever seen the video of Melissa Etheridge coming out at a press conference and Katie, or no, she's like on stage at a festival and Katie Lang is behind her. And when Melissa Etheridge comes out, Katie Lang starts jumping up and down behind her with so much joy. And it's just like the greatest thing. And I always go back to that image of Katie Lang's just pure joy at the unexpected coming out of her friend that it just, again, get her a cape. Um, And if nothing else, Get her back Unless to Radio she doesn't City. Want one. In which case, get her some fancy boots. D- whatever. whatever she wants. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. Whatever she'd like. And get her back to Radio City soon because so I can go see her again. Um, oh my thank gosh. You, yes. Thank you so much, Sarah, for selecting this song. It was a joy to listen to it. It got me to listen again to the entirety of the Hymns of the 49th Parallel album, which also has that amazing cover of Neil Young's Helpless on it. It really, yeah. Like, and she, there's a couple of Neil Young covers on there, I think, that you're like, really? Like, I don't know. Like, I trust you, girl, but I don't know. And then she really makes you rethink some of these songs. Yeah, she's, she's the bomb.com. And she's also the biz dot biz. Wait, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) She's the biz dot fizz. Sure, sure. I got love.gov. <laughs> Pretend I said something that rhymed with edu. 
<laughs> oh, hey, .co.uk. I, look, I don't know. <laughs> so many things wrong. I don't know if I can do right. Oh, I, oh, I. Done so many things wrong. I don't know if I can do right. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com. Tweet us at TalkSongs. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash massdas.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash massdas. And as always, thank you for listening. Trust in me Hope I won't let you down If you give me a chance I'll try See it's been a hard road The road I'm traveling on Mark and Sarah talk about songs Mark and Sarah Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.